You're listening to, I mean, can we discuss? And I am your host, Astrid Ferguson. Today, I have a special interview lined up. We are actually going to interview Lynn Patterson, who you guys have been listening to quite often when we are in the midst of interviewing other authors, especially who have joined the Can We Discuss Poetry Club. But today, Lynn is in the hot seat. And Lynn is a deeply invigorated poet who delves into the themes of self-love, identity, overcoming trauma, accepting your wild, and learning to listen to your intuition. She is a 31-year-old poet, dancer, and teacher originally from Seattle, Washington. Seattle, where you at? She currently travels the world while teaching online classes to aspiring teachers. Lynn has been writing since first grade and has found ways to voice and overcome trauma in her poetry. She firmly believes that writing is a form of healing for both author and reader. She is specifically inspired to write about women who are marginalized in our society as a means of empowering future generations with their stories. Her debut collection, Whisperings of the Wild and Wilting, is available on Amazon, guys, so make sure you get that. And also joining me is Felicia, who is part of the Curls and Books book club. So let's welcome her aboard. And just as a reminder to all of you guys, before we get into the interview, the Serpent's Rattle Show. Yes, guys, it's coming up on Saturday from 7 to 10 at the Vision Venue in Philadelphia. If you haven't gotten your tickets, please get your tickets. It's available on Eventbrite, or you can go on my website under astridferguson.com forward slash events, or just go to Eventbrite and look up the Serpent's Rattle Show. So I won't hold you up any longer, and let's get right into it. You're listening to, I mean, can we discuss? And I am your host, Astrid Ferguson. We will be discussing different issues that can be debated, articulated, chopped up any kind of way. There's no real set way to this. It could be culturally, it could be socially, it could just be how we're feeling today. So you're here for the randomness and I hope you're here to stay. So remember to subscribe, share, and tell me what you think. So welcome to a new episode of I Mean, Can We Discuss? And today we have two special guests, one you guys are already very familiar with, which is Lynn Patterson. Hey, everyone. And we have a new guest. Her name is Felicia Luckett. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And she is the founder of Curls and Books. And she's also a bookstagrammer. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, Felicia? So um, everybody can welcome you to the, I mean, can we discuss family? Well, first of all, hello again. Um, yeah, I'm the creator of Curls and Books. Um, my page is just, I just started it to connect with other readers. Um, I'm really, into, I love poetry. I love nonfiction. Um 
I just wanted to show the representation of black and brown women, like just reading. Like I Googled it one day and I was like, you don't really see us reading. All I saw was a bunch of white women reading. And I was like, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> um, so I just started posting and that's just how it got started. And it's kind of just gone from there. So that's really it. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So are you going to start doing like a website for it or because it's it's also yeah. like curls which is what I yeah. like because you know I have curls <laughs> yes 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 I love that <laughs> um yeah me I'm actually working with my sister who is an actual hairstylist she's certified everything and we want to start doing the she's going to take over the curls part and we're like looking for contributing writers or people who just want to put out their work um to add to the blog I even started a separate Instagram just mainly for book reviews because I do get sent a lot of books and I just want you know just so people can focus on the books on the other page so it's mm -hmm. curls and books reads um yeah so we're gonna start reviewing hair products and beauty products on my sister's side and then on my end I'm the bookie so mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna be just doing that on that side so yeah we're working on trying to get that eventually have merchandise for my black and Latino women so I'm really excited about that <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. That's awesome. Yes. Always looking forward to that. Um, yes. And she can be found on Curls and Books on Instagram. Yes. But today we are actually <laughs> interviewing Lynn Patterson. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lynn, I know you've been on here a bunch of times, but you know, just so we put the spotlight on you, why don't you tell us about you and where people can find you? <laughs> um, so awkward. I hate having the spotlight on me, but I'm going to embrace <laughs> it for today. Um, so I am a poet um, originally from Seattle, Washington. Um, I've been living on the East Coast for like eight years and recently sold all of my stuff and decided to start traveling full time. Um, so in the, uh, I guess, pursuit of m stepping more into myself, um, not only did I sell all of my things, but I also decided to start posting my poetry on Instagram. It's been a really wild ride. It's been uh, a little over a year now. And uh, I started posting just because some some interesting things happened in my life. And um, the response was uh, just really positive and very rapid. Um, and because of that, I decided to put together a manuscript, hooking up with a publisher. And now um, there is Whisperings of the Wild and Wilting, which came out in February, and it's sort of like my, um, you know, journey to womanhood and trying to figure out how to, um, you know, step into myself and maintain my wildness while also, like, fulfilling other roles in my life. Okay, oh, and cool. people can find me at Poetry and Tings on Instagram. <laughs> tings, okay, not things. Tings. Tings, yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I know Felicia wanted to ask you. Yes. Um, I have a quite quite a few questions. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I wanted to know like how long have you been writing and when did you realize you wanted to be a writer? Um, um so I guess I've been writing since um I was in like first grade. I discovered poetry when I was really young. Um, one of the first like books I remember reading is Where the Sidewalk Ends by Shel Silverstein. And um, right, like everyone remembers that book. It's such a great mm-hmm. book. Um, I but actually I, got that book for my son. Yeah. Yes, me mm-hmm. too. <laughs> I, know, I give it, I have given it to some of my students. I'm also a teacher and it, it just resonates with people of all ages for different reasons. But um, during that time in my life, I was going through um, something sort of traumatic at home. My dad uh, was an alcoholic and he was just getting deeper and deeper into his alcoholism and I couldn't really tell anyone about it or talk to anyone about it so I found myself you know like learning to write in my journals and in my notebooks to be able to process everything um, but I also wanted to like keep a sort of like distance away from those feelings and like if my parents ever found it I didn't want them to know so I started like writing in code which just came out as poetry um and so ever since then I whenever I like sit down to journal to myself um it generally comes out as poetry so I never I, I never really considered myself a writer until um like last year uh when I started posting my stuff on Instagram and and actually like I started posting it because I decided that I didn't want to um, keep the keep that trauma in anymore. I really I wanted to let it go, um, and my therapist actually suggested starting this anonymous Instagram. And um, I was reeling from all the reliving all these feelings in therapy. So when I started putting it out into the world, I never expected that like anyone would know it was me or that anything would happen to it. It was more from my own journey of healing um and yeah I think I I'm still I'm still learning to see myself as a writer okay so what would you say um inspired whisperings of the wild and wilting collection and who would you say that it's for oh that's such a great question I think um so when I, I, I still to this day, like, I don't know what possessed me to put the, a manuscript together, but I, I knew that I had been collecting poems, um, you know, over the course of decades. And um, I knew that in particular, the decade between my 20s and my 30s was probably one of the most like tumultuous, beautiful, confusing, frustrating times in my life. And as I reviewed my work um, and thinking about like putting different poems on Instagram, I realized that, you know, as as a now 30 year old woman, um, a lot of the people who were reaching out to me were younger women who were telling me that my poems really resonated with them and gave them sort of like you know, hope that when 
when they um, get a little bit more experience under the, their belt, like they will feel more confident in who they are. Um, and I, I sort of like, in reading my old poems, I wanted people to know that it's taken like a lot of self work to get to where I am, where I'm learning to embrace and love myself. And it's taken me a long time and a lot of therapy to get there. So I really wanted to put together a collection that represented both of those women that represented my, you know, early 20 year old self who was like complicated and a hot ass mess. Um, but like figuring her shit out and also like uh, the 30 year old woman that I am now that, that understands myself a little bit better um, and is learning how to like be empowered by my own um you know personality traits that I have without feeling like I need to step down um and so I collected all of the poems from from this decade of my life and went through them and decided like what lessons I had learned and that eventually turned into whisperings of the wild and wilting awesome awesome cool um, cause I know usually our personal experiences do have a lot to do with our writing. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> writing is very personal. I think. Yes. Yeah. So Felicia, do you have another question you want to ask Lynn? Yeah. How, how did you choose the title for your book? Cause it's, I, it's very unique to me. I don't know why, but I'm just like, we're like. It's just so flowy. I'm just like, I love this. But like, how did she come up with this title? <laughs> well, alliteration is a poet's best friend. So uh, that, <laughs> that definitely uh, was part of it. So initially, um, the title, when I first did the manuscript, was um, Wild Like Flowers. And actually, that, that uh, poem appears in the beginning of the book. And then through the course of being on Instagram, I realized that flowers are like a really popular metaphor and something that poets Mm -hmm. use like quite often. So I was like, I I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I don't want it to be cliche. I don't want people to disregard it because um, it's sort of cliche. So I started, you know, digging deeper into like why flowers are such a a metaphor and in that poem um it ends with uh like through through dirt and decay always finding a way to blossom to bloom um and I was inspired by the thought that like you know flowers as a metaphor are innately wild and but not something that people first think of when they think of wildness Um, and in fact, like one of the least beautiful things that they do is die every season. Um, and that's sort of like a metaphor for the seasons of our life that we go through, you know, we're constantly, um, like going through ups and downs and, um, decaying and coming back to life and learning how to, to be our most authentic selves. Um, so the wild and the wilting um, came to mind when I thought more deeply about that metaphor. I love that. That's amazing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, just, I really love that. I appreciate that. 
Yeah, Whisperings <laughs> of the Wild and Wilting sounds like a poem title. Just right. Yeah, just the title alone would be like, ooh, I wonder what this is about. Yeah. Interestingly, no poem titled Whisperings of the Wild and Wilting, but now you you guys have my my brain turning. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can make the abstract that. It could be right. that could be the poem. Maybe. So I know you said that you're a teacher. So would you say that you're a full-time writer or you're a part-time writer? Like, do you write outside of poetry? Do you blog or anything like that? Um, I'm not a full-time writer, um, but maybe hoping to be one day. Um, but I, I've tried to blog. <laughs> I'm going to just be honest. Like, I, I, I feel like I can't write like a narrative or like a nonfiction piece sometimes to save my life unless it's for school. So my blog eventually just turned into like all the pictures that I've taken along my travels. <laughs> um, I think that uh, like I've dabbled in flash fiction, um, but again, every time I come back to those pieces, they end up turning into like poems I end up deleting a whole bunch of words from them and they turn into poems so I don't know I think I I want to expand writing more because I'm also a reader I love short stories I love um fiction but I just in terms of my own writing I haven't built up the stamina to sit for that so we'll see what happens hey you never know into the future right (laughs) So why did you decide to publish Whisperings of the Wild and Wilting this year instead of earlier on when you started writing? This was something I know that the book club, shout out to the Can We Discuss Poetry Book Club, that they, um, they asked and wanted to know more about. Um, I, I never... I never thought of myself as a writer. Like I said, um, I was just someone who, again, like I, I was reeling. I had all these feelings I wanted to like get off of my chest. And so I started putting them on Instagram and um, through that, the publisher that I published the book with wide eyes publishing um, found me and actually like encouraged me to see, um, the journey through to a publication. Um, so I think, you know, in, in some ways, I, I've been collecting these poems, like I said, over the last decade. Um, but I think also, like I said, writing is deeply personal for me. So I never expected that anyone would read them. Um, I just, I I guess, had been pushed toward doing that um and not that that's a bad thing it's it's brought beautiful things into my life that it's just been a very like unexpected journey I can relate I'm the same way because it took me a long time to put myself out there so I completely understand where you're coming from Mm -hmm. 
What, if you don't mind me, I, I'm not you... supposed to be asking questions, but what was it for you that made you um, put your poems out there or publish a book? Girl, let me see. Which story do you want? For? <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, uh, the first story I put out was the book Malt. And Malt, I put out because I was going through postpartum depression. And the only thing that kind of helped me move through it with a newborn baby was writing. I've always written poetry since I was little. That's how I overcame trauma. But I decided to start putting them together and then seeing my husband, who is an artist, you know, put himself out there doing his artwork I was like you know what maybe there's somebody like me who's too proud to go to therapy or just doesn't fit the description because I didn't fit the description of postpartum depression I just knew something was wrong um that may need these words and after a year you know malt was created and I mean I almost kind of uh, talked myself out of it but my husband was like you put all that work with no sleep you need to put it out there (laughs) and that's how I was introduced to the author world um which I know it's hard to choose your favorite piece because as I'm not sure I'm not a writer but I'm sure like your whole book is like your baby Mm -hmm. but if you could choose one poem in whisperings of the wild wilting which like is your favorite or like the most meaningful to you Mm -hmm. um or like my question which one are you mostly vulnerable in and can you read it for (laughs) yes well (laughs) i think it's interesting um the most vulnerable in my favorite uh might might be different but um I think the poem that like resonates with me the most that I come back to is called In the Sitting Room. Um, And it's in the last chapter of the book. Um, It's 17 stanzas long. And um, I like often say that it took the air out of me to write that poem. Um, it, It has like a double metaphor Um, Because there's some very deeply personal, like, nuggets in the poem that only my friends and family would truly recognize. Um, And then I also use my mom, my sister, and my dad and our relationship as um, metaphors to sort of talk about, um, you know, some of the things that are brewing deep down beneath the surface. Um, and I won't, I won't read all 17 stanzas, but I'll read an excerpt from it for you guys. Okay. All right. So this is from In the Sitting Room. My sitting room is the most beautiful room in our house. It doesn't matter that it isn't my favorite. I keep busy, fluffy, fluffing, adjusting and dusting. Ensuring everything in the room is more than adequate. The walls are freshly coated ivory. I painted each stroke in a linear pattern. 
I keep a canister of paint in the garage in case anything grows worn or tattered. Flowers fill vases that are scattered. I leave the curtains wide open during the day to bring energy and life into this peaceless place as the sunflowers reach longingly towards sunrise. But I never sit in this room because I find no contentment. I fear the white walls will come crashing in, suffocating everything with disappointment. The flowers will need replacing as their spines eventually grow limp, while the couch is too soft to support my worn back. So I keep busy, but never sit. Yeah, it's a beautiful piece. What poem did you like the best, Felicia? Oh, I have... Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I definitely, in the first part... I believe I posted it in like my Instagram stories. I actually posted quite a few (laughs) Um, from both of your uh, both you guys' books. Um, I definitely like the one. Hold on, I'm trying to look for it because I do have the book here with me. Uh, um, It is the one where you were uh, saying describing how, like. I always like the wild part for some reason. I really connected with it because I'm like, I'm always considered like wild, not in a sense of like misbehaving, but like just me. And, well, that's how I it translated to me. And I was like, uh, here it is. It's like page four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when you were like, um, when I grow up that I, if I can be anything, I want to be wild. Not like, not wild like the wind, not wild like the wolves, but wild like flowers. In, innately in tune with the earth ever evolving I was just like I can relate to that part for some reason and it just stuck with me because I'm like I'm not wild and crazy but I'm wild like a flower and I've always been attracted to plants but then again I was like thinking outside of that like I just it's just to describe the wild that I've always thought like it's not the wild everyone thinks you know I don't know if y'all understand what I'm trying to say but yeah like yeah, no, I know. Yeah, that, the whole like I'm yeah. I'm wow if you come looking for me, but for the most part, I'm cool in my own space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yes, definitely. I think all women are wild and have a spirit of like wildness within them, but I think there are just so many societal constraints that are put on women and as we step into you know, traditional roles in our life, like being a wife and being a mother, people try to like damper that wildness and tell us like what a mother is supposed to do and what a wife is supposed to do and what a grown up is supposed to do. And I like reject all of that. And so I, I think there's something that's like, you know, so soft and feminine about flowers, but there's such a like strength and resilience in them as well um and I think that that is like such a beautiful sort of metaphor for like how women are just naturally um and especially when we like allow them the space to be all of those things yeah and it's kind of like being free being in your own skin and being Mm -hmm. free and being comfortable with that like and all the times I like a lot of the times I don't feel comfortable in my own skin but then I'm like I read that I was like 
that's the feeling I aim that I'm aiming for to just be wild and free on my own terms, my own destiny. Mm-hmm. Right. As you should, as you should. And it's funny you say that, Lynn, because I actually wrote a blog about that good mom versus bad mom. But, you know, we'll just continue forward. If y'all want to look at that, you could go to my website. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So now, Lynn, that you uh, have gone through the whole author world and writing, uh, what would you say was the most rewarding and what was the most difficult about writing a book? Um, I think the is you know moments like this when I get to connect with people who have read it and um, you know who tell me like how certain lines or poems had an effect on them or what it helped them to you know understand better about themselves or about their experiences Um, as I step into myself as a writer and understand um, like what that what it means to share my words with other people Um, I'm realizing that it's such a gift to be able to name emotions that, you know, people feel but don't always have the words for. Um, And so I've I've appreciated that. I think the most difficult part is, like, actually (laughs) putting a book together. I don't think people always realize how much work it takes to put a book together, Mm. how intentional you have to be with you know just little details about you know where poems are placed um like next to each other and how they're formatted on the pages and what the experience is going to be like when someone you know flips from one page to the other um I've probably read my book like a hundred times uh before it was even like a physical copy and I've probably read it 20 more times um since then and so uh I think in a sense you you like grow tired of yourself um but you also like get really emotional and it hits you um and so actually like the last chapter um because I was putting everything together there was all these emotions coming up that forced me to write other poems that made their way into the book um on accident uh and so I think you know the the challenge of just like getting that together was was interesting yeah i i know exactly what you mean <laughs> right <laughs> child the frustration mm-hmm. especially in the formatting because i know for me in my book i did it several times and and still i look through and i'm still picking things out and i'm still I still uh, read through it and and pick at certain things and feel dissatisfied. And then sometimes Mm -hmm. I feel satisfied. I think it's just an ongoing war as an author with your own writing. Definitely. And you come back to poems and you're like, oh, I wish I I could change this line to X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I change it when I'm doing (laughs) performances. (laughs) I'm not going to lie, guys. Sometimes I do. I do too when I'm reading mm-hmm. um like there's there's one poem in particular that I read um from time to time called um classical elements and it's about a relationship that was like very fresh when I first started putting the book together and then now that it's passed I find myself like 
changing certain stanzas to like where I am now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. <laughs> right. Now you said that um, like certain parts of like your pieces or poems or whatever that they like base like only your family would recognize has uh, your family read the book and what do they think? Oh my gosh, my family. (laughs) (laughs) Woo, child. Um, So, you know, through this journey of traveling, um, I was able to spend like two months at home, maybe like a month and a half at home back in Seattle and um, it was like right after the book came, three different book events in Seattle. One of them was planned by my mom and the other one was planned by my dad. And so when I put the book together, I was not necessarily expecting, cause I'm not one of those people that like tells all my family members like buy my book, you know, whatever. Like if you wanna support, that's awesome. If you wanna read it, that's even better. Um, but I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't anticipate that they would like read it so deeply. So like my aunt, there's um, a poem that I wrote when I was, I think like 20 or 21 called um, Little Girls in Glass Houses. And it's it's actually a, a, like has a reference to my uncle and to my mom and, and his struggles with uh, drug addiction. And it talks about like a very precarious situation the word jug is in there and I don't know if other people know what that means but um street slang and my aunt actually came to my cousin and asked my cousin what that meant and my cousin was like yo because of your book I'm having to have all these uncomfortable conversations with my mom (laughs) so it's like little things like that you know my family and I can laugh about now um but they're they're like real experiences right like I I had um I had a very tumultuous childhood and um I think my family and I are in a better place right now so it's been very therapeutic that they've been able to be part of this journey um and that I've been able to talk about, you know, the impact that addiction has had on me. Um, but it definitely, like, my mom texted me the other day and said she's almost done with it. And I was like, girl, if there's anything bad in there, just know it's fiction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. So I know the book club, they were more interested in, like, the physical and the emotional process of publishing because you decided to publish with wide eyes. Mm -hmm. So would you say, um, what would you say it was like working with a publisher while simultaneously working on a manuscript? Um, well, the manuscript was done before it got to the publisher. So um, I wasn't I wasn't working on the manuscript uh, after signing with Wide Eyes. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure how to answer that question. But um, the manuscript itself, the poems, the content, the, that was already um, completed before it went to. Um, the publisher what I guess 
um, the process of like, you know, formatting everything, um, putting it into like a physical book. I think I got to be uh, very hands on. Um, I think, you know, when you're like deciding whether or not to self publish or to go with a publisher, one of the things that um, people often think about is like the level of control they'll be able to have over what their book looks like. And um, I feel like really fortunate that I had a lot of say in that. Um, And I think, you know, to be honest, there's like growing pains of working with uh, a publisher who's like, I I was the first book to come out um, with Wide Eyes. So we definitely had, um, you know, some lessons learned and we're continuing to like learn and grow through the process. But I also like feel really blessed to be able to like have a good relationship with Jean, who's the founder, where um, we're able to like be really honest with each other and um, like work pretty collaboratively. Okay, cool. Um, and Felicia, did you have any other questions? Um, yeah. Who are some of your favorite poets? Great question. Um, so my like all time favorite poet, like hands down, is um Audrey Lord, and I will scream her name um to the mountains and back. Uh I love one, I just love her like work as an activist and um like you know, just how like in tune she is with using language as an act of um you know like social revolution and I think she's been able to do something that I'm still trying to figure out how to do which is combine my work as an educator with my um poetry I also think that um as a writer she's like often overlooked because the like mechanics and style that she has is so sophisticated um and people don't often like study her as deeply as they should. Um, but I, I love her so much. Um, I also have been really into um, Sandra Cisneros lately. So I, mm-hmm. the house on Mango street, interestingly was like one of my favorite books when I was in fifth grade and I came back to it last year and through coming back to it, I discovered Um, Loose Women and some of her other books Um, but I have been working through Loose Women for like the last five months Um, and I can I can only read like two poems at a time because there's just so much within those two poems that I need to like stop Google to like fully understand what she's saying she's like Sandra Cisneros is such a master of um, illusion that I I'm I'm learning a lot through like deeply studying her work. Beyond that, um, when I was in college, I I got to study um, poetry in London for a semester, and I I discovered John Keats, and um, he's also been like one of my favorite uh, poets. Ode to a Grecian Urn. Um, I've like written five different poems just about like understanding that poem. Um, Many, many others as well, but those are the three that like 
stand out as top of mind that have had a big impact on me and like my style of writing right I was just gonna ask you how would you describe your style of writing um I I feel like I'm still really finding my voice I I think I just I try to describe myself as like a baby poet because I'm I again like didn't really see myself as a writer and a poet till like a year ago um but I would say that um while I'm still understanding like the formality of my writing and like the the different things that I do when my poems go on paper um one of the things I think that is it like stands out in piece to piece is just like I I think I hope this comes across that I write deeply personally so like when I sit down I'm having an inner dialogue with myself where I'm trying to understand myself better understand the world better um so I would say that my poetry is like very introspective and even if the metaphors seem like simple or seem seem like really deep it, there's always some element of like coming back to yourself and understanding yourself better um and I, I hope that comes across the writing yes yeah which leads into the next question so who would you say that uh whisperings of the wild and wilting was written for Hmm. Or what would you say you want your readers to take away from the book? I think I feel like um, I'll answer the second question because I don't know. I, I I think when the poems were written, they were written for me. So like again, inter- mm-hmm. introspective um, affirmations uh, that just like came out as poetry. I I think when people read the book, what I want them to take away is that um, we all have seasons in life and sometimes those seasons leave us feeling, um, you know, down and potentially depressed or hopeless. Uh, But those are like temporary seasons. And even when we're experiencing those things, we still have a strength in us. and, And part of our journey is to tap into that strength and get to know it and um, and like live as authentically as possible with that strength in mind. Um, and so I think when, when people walk away from reading the book, um, hopefully something they return to um, over time and hopefully it's something that brings them hope even in, in their, their darkest times. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> I would say so. I mean, it was written very well. I I had to read it a few times. Some of them I kind of placed myself in the story. So, it was uh it was written really well. And I know Felicia, you wanted to ask about the cover art. Yes. Oh my God, I'm it's so a- excited, Felicia, to talk to you about the cover art. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I just, I love it. It's it's everything. I'm a sucker for a good cover art, but I also love a good book, so.
No worries. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to know, like, yeah, where did the inspiration come from it? Like, it's just, it's a beautiful cover. It really is. Thank you. Well, (laughs) um, so this is the perfect time for those of you who uh, do not know. um, Curls and Books is like one of my favorite um, Instagram pages. And actually, um, before I ever even started a poetry page, Felicia and I connected on my personal Instagram, which I don't really use that much anymore. But I was like, you know, strictly a reader. Like I was posting, you know, things that I was reading and, you know, trying to be cute with my curls. And I somehow found (laughs) Felicia and uh, like through finding her, I was able to connect with other readers. And I got to see like, wow, there's this huge community of people who look like me, who think about you know, deep conditioning their hair on Sundays and reading Toni Morrison. And um, it just like really empowered me to like find my people. Um, At the same time, Felicia was also like posting, um, you know, indie authors. And I was able to see women who look like me who were doing their like author and writer. When I, when my therapist and I decided that I would start this Instagram, um, I I was really inspired by the curls and books like platform. So then when I thought about creating a cover that really spoke to, um, like you know stepping again stepping into yourself and being soft and being wild and being wilting, I sort of knew that I I wanted to I I wanted it to be a cover that if if it ever was posted on curls and books like that would be something that that like that platform in particular girls would be like this book represents me in some way um and so i i like went on a journey to find someone who could sort of do that for me um and i ended up finding this artist well actually my friend found her um shout out to Kiko thanks for finding Mariana um and Mariana was doing these like watercolors that were partly watercolor partly pencil and um all of them were women of color and so I saw one of them and she had that like big curly hair and I was like that's the girl like and Astrid you were a huge part of this as well because I was struggling to find um, I, cover was, for a... I wasn't going to put in my two cents but go ahead oh girl <laughs> you, you had a lot to do with this as well um, but yeah I, I, I saw this girl and I just couldn't get her out of my head I loved how soft she was I loved how much strength she communicated even though she was soft there was like a vulnerability and a sensuality that I, I strive to like embody um, and then all the while like still having these pencil marks so being unfinished and so I went when I when I saw her I, I knew that that was her I talked to Astrid like every day sent her pictures of the girl and um, there was a few different girls that Astrid and I like looked at but eventually we settled on the one that's now on the cover and um I'm really proud of her because <laughs> I feel like, again, she's a representation of like, you know, one of the major themes of the book, which is being strong 
resilient, vulnerable, and also being like unfinished. And that curly hair. Mm. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I remember the process. I remember the process. I know. Isn't it so weird to like cover it in a three minute span of time when really it was like two months of like me sending you stuff and being like, what do you think of this and this? Mm-hmm. It doesn't help that I'm with an artist. So I overanalyze yeah. art all the time. <laughs> you need you need friends like that in your life. <laughs> so it was an interesting process. So Lynn, now that you are an author, and this was something that the book club also wanted to ask, it's how has your life changed since you've written whisperings of the wild and wilting um I think that wow my my life is still continuing to change I think I I was in such a season of like renaissance when I started the Instagram last February and I I was so unhappy um and I I just I saw the world moving around me and not I didn't see myself moving with it. Um, And so I just started to make drastic changes in my life. So since um, realizing myself as a poet, like I I sold all of my stuff. I've been traveling full time. Um, I changed jobs and I work remotely now, which, you know, has its pros and cons. And then there's this whole like poetry journey where Um, I'm connecting with people in real life that I never like even thought I would be a part of this community. I have like, you know, like people I consider to be close friends in, in New York and spread out all over the world now, um, which has been really exciting. Um, I still, I still struggle with, um, you know, thoughts about whether or not like, long term this is really what I want to do um it I I'm also like an aspiring DJ I'm a salsa dancer so what yes (laughs) you be mixing the tape what girl (laughs) you need to invite us over because you know I am a professional dancer in my head okay (laughs) oh I got to see that in the club this past Saturday um yeah like I <laughs> I don't even know what to say I, so I'm a, I'm a vinyl collector I started like curating playlists um because people have started to reach out and say like oh where did where are you getting your music I want to listen to it so I'm just I'm still I'm still realizing myself like as a creative and as an artist um I don't know what the question was but I I'm going with it <laughs> <laughs> What was the question? Did I answer it? How has your yeah? You said how oh, has your life changed? Yeah. As long as you don't be coming up on no mixtape like this is whisperings <laughs> of the wild, because that won't work. <laughs> no, I like vinyls. I'm a vinyl. I'm trying. Oh, DJ. Okay, that's what I, like. I was thinking. Yeah. Like the club, like you know, <laughs> no girl. Mm-hmm. See where my head goes. I anyway. I'm 31. I, my club days you know they they haven't fully passed but <laughs> being on a stage that's over i i want to be in a lounge 
where I can, you know, step into the shadows and mix songs together without people worrying about too much. I want to cultivate a vibe. I don't want to be, you know, the star of the show. Girl, what are you talking about? There are I want to cultivate a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> See, there are clubs for for the older folks that come in with their sketchers with the white, tan, and black I colors. Know. I'm so mad that you said in the sketchers. First of all, I yes. said I was 31. I didn't say I was old. Okay. So, but we'll put the sketchers away for now. I'm wearing Air Force Ones. Sketchers <laughs> are very comfortable. Forget what you heard. Okay. Vans are very oh comfortable. God. Do vans fit you better? <laughs> no, I just told you I like Air Force Ones and, and Timberlands. Those are those are the things, Astrid. <laughs> You gonna stop pushing these sketchers, or they're gonna end up a sponsor on your show. Hey, there you go. Tell them sketchers if you're listening to this now, please subscribe to become a sponsor of this show. Oh but my anyway, God. we'll keep. I'm it still going young before... in my mind. Exactly. I'm. We're all still young. We're still young. So we'll keep it going before we turn this into a whole, you know, girlfriend conversation. <laughs> keep that um, edited version. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say as we're approaching the end of this interview is next for you? Like, do you have any upcoming projects? I know the book club was interested in knowing if you were going to have book signings. And if you have any other possible books you're thinking about writing. Um, so what is next? Um, I have started being a regular contributor to a blog um, that is a community of women of color who are writing from around the world. It's called Taste oh. Her Mind. Um, you should definitely yes, I- check that out. Um, I'm, a, I'm also applying to work with a, another um, blog to be a regular contributor, which I'm really excited about. Um, book signings, yes, I do have some coming up. I'm going to be at um, the, there's a poetry festival in New York on Governor's Island. I'm pretty sure, Astrid, we're going to be doing that together. Yeah. If they accept our um, application, uh, can y'all tell them to hurry up? Right. <laughs> right. Right. And then um, also uh, in Baltimore, um, we'll be, Astrid and I again will be at the Baltimore Book Festival. I'm, I probably will have other signings coming up, but I mean, I think you guys can tell, like, you know, as things come to me and the universe makes them happen, like, I'll do them. Um, planning. What's that? I don't know. I'm figuring it out. Um, And then in terms of books, for sure, I do. I've started working on um, a second book. It has a title. It has a theme. um, But I'm gonna take my time with it. I it took me 10 years to put together Whisperings of the Wild and Wilting. I don't think it'll take me 10 years for this book. But um, I'm not going to rush it and I'm going to let the universe speak to me. Um, and so whenever that release date comes or things start to be announced, um, 
you can definitely you'll be able to find it on my instagram at poetry and tings um but we're gonna take our time with that one well, well i can't you. wait <laughs> oh jinx <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you have it. Do you have any other questions, Felicia? No, I do not. Well, that concludes our interview. How do you feel, Lynn, being the spotlight? Uh, I I don't love being in the spotlight, but I'm really happy that it was uh, that it was the <laughs> two of you. Like that that made my day. Felicia, finally I know. we got to connect oh. over the phone. Yes, I was so I'm so nervous. It's so crazy. Like I'm trying to talk. I'm like, well, I don't know when to talk. I don't know when to talk. But I'm I'm excited that you guys invited me. <laughs> of course. Did you know that about the cover, by the way? I feel like okay, we message well when we have time to message. <laughs> we you I remember yeah. you like Felicia. That's the poem that I you, that you featured on the back of the book. And I was like, yeah, I know. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I was like, uh, but I was, girl, almost had me in my feelings a little bit. I'm like, oh, I'm glad you had girls. No. I was like, who put that up, you know, over there? Uh, but yeah, like, I was just like, <laughs> like I, that's so I, funny. I love it. I, I really do. And my family, my sister keeps trying to steal my copy, but I told her to go support an author of color and go get her own. So. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Tell your sister I said yes, thank and you. My mom keeps trying to take your book because I keep talking about it. Like, you need to read this month. Like, <laughs> I mean, trigger warning, but you need to read this. But yeah. yeah we, we're loving you guys over here. So I'm so glad when you were like, oh, Felicia, duh, you're going to be here. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm scared and nervous. So <laughs> you did so good. Yes, you, you did. You did good. I filled you in because. I heard you getting quiet. Yes, you did. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for that. (laughs) No problem. Well, if we don't have any other questions and we're all good, then that concludes the interview. Yay. Okay, cool. (laughs) Okay, so I'll do my little exit. And that was all, folks. It was a pleasure getting to learn a little bit more about Lynn and getting to know Felicia. Remember to follow them both on their Instagram pages under... Go ahead, tell your Instagram pages, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, okay. (laughs) At poetry in letter N, tings. Poetry in tings. And Felicia... Yes, curls in with the letter N books because someone else had already stole Anne, but it's okay. Um, yeah, so they're <laughs> yeah, so they're on their Instagram. Um, Lynn also has an actual Pinterest if that's your thing, you know, so you can follow her on the Pinterest as well. Um, also, there's always me, Astrid Ferg, Astrid underscore Ferg. My website, Astra Ferguson, basically everything under Astra Ferguson. So it was <laughs> it was a pleasure talking to you guys. And remember, please to subscribe and leave a review if you really loved it. We look forward to hearing your reviews and what you think of the interview. Until next time, guys, with I mean, can we discuss? Bye.
that was a wrap for today. Thank you so much for listening to, I mean, can we discuss? Don't forget to subscribe, follow us if you want to see what we're up to, what projects we're up to, and enjoy the rest of your day, night, wherever you might be. I was your host, Asher Ferguson, signing off.